It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, good morning. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't think the uh, train was going to go off the tracks quite this soon, but uh, I told you it was inevitable. Great to have you here this morning and a shout out to our podcast audience from wherever in the world you're joining us from. First Sunday of the month that I'm preaching, so we like to give a little bit of a, a, a shout out to any new countries that are joining us in our top 10 for the first time. This month, sorry, last month, Denmark made their debut in at number eight. So willkommen to our Danish listeners. Great to have you here this morning. How about we get up for our Danish listeners? Yes, yes. More bicycles than cars. Yeah, good. How it should be. And, and, now, and get this, the previous month, we, the new country that entered our top 10 was Cambodia, which entered and debuted at number eight last month. They skyrocketed from number eight to number three in our listeners, country's listeners. So that's fantastic. Thanks for coming along the journey, Cambodia. This is our third, I mentioned our third and final installment of our series, If Money Talked. Let me give just a quick recap. Uh, If you've missed or you weren't here for the first two weeks, that's fine. We do have it on our podcast and on our YouTube channel. But a little quick recap. Uh, Week one, we said that if if our money could talk to us and if our money was wise and if our money had our best interests in mind, it might ask the question of us, you assume consume? And it's based around this, this idea called the consumption assumption that so many of us, have assumed that everything that comes to us is for us, everything. All the money and stuff that comes to us is actually for us, all of it. And the big ticket kind of is uh, we don't get to take it with us. And we can leave a legacy or not by simply taking a percentage of what God entrusts us and actually giving that to investing in other people and investing in God's kingdom and in doing so turns stuff into stories. Now, the second week followed on directly from that big idea and our money might ask us to to the question, spend me away? That you think that everything that you earn, you have to spend. And in fact, some of us, we spend more than we earn. And so not only do we not have any margin to show at the end of the period, we actually have debt to show at the end of the period. Misquoting the notorious Biggie Smalls, mo money, mo spendy, mo problems. Now, we teach a series on money and stuff every year, okay? We don't teach 52 weeks on money and stuff. It's normally three to four weeks. And the thing about that, and even this series is only three weeks, we can't cover everything. I mean, Jesus had a lot to say, about about 40% of the stories that Jesus told about the kingdom of God, about how the kingdom of God operates, about what God expects us to do and how we should live in the kingdom of God. About 40% of Jesus' stories were about money and stuff. So if we were teaching like Jesus, we would spend 40% of our Sundays teaching about money and stuff. And I think some of you would think that's a terrible idea. 
So we don't. We just spend three to four weeks. And what I would encourage you, because this is such an important subject and such a pervasive subject, I would encourage you to go back and just listen to the last three series we've done in the past three years. Unfortunately, now the beauty is now we've got our online experience. You can actually enjoy this every week from the comfort of your device. Last year and the previous years, we only have it on podcast. I'm really sorry about that. You can screenshot me and just, I don't, you know. Last year, just so you know what you're looking for, last year our series was called Like a Boss. And this big idea from this series is how we can tell our money what to do instead of having our money tell us what to do. You are not the boss of me. The previous year, we taught a series called Economy: how to maximize your personal economy, drawing from the wisdom of Solomon, who had a lot also to say about how to manage money and stuff in a way that God uh, would actually instruct us to do so. And then the previous year, uh, I wanna highlight, encourage you to check out Making Change. Less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, tomorrow matters. And I think with this series and, and those four, again, it still won't cover everything, but I think it will give you a pretty solid uh, perspective on, in God's kingdom, how we're called to manage money and stuff. Because we actually live in a culture that doesn't necessarily manage money and stuff the way God would have us manage it. In fact, the script that our culture has written in terms of how we should manage money and stuff looks a little bit like this. That first of all, that we would spend, then pay debt, which by the way is a result of point one. Then maybe we would save, and then mm, even more maybe, we may potentially, possibly give. A pattern that I call live, save, give, in that order of priority. And I want you to notice something about this order of priority. Spend equals me. Spend is about me. Well, it's not about me, it's about you, and it's about me, it's about us, that, that we're number one on the list. Pay debt, well, that's about me. Uh, save, well, that's also about me. And then, oh, yeah, okay, give. That's about God and others. This, this pattern is me first living with maybe a bit of leftover giving. However, Jesus taught a very different pattern. And before I get to that, he, he understood this. He understood how compelling this is. He understood how appealing this is, that how we send it and how we spend it is a clear demonstration of what's important to us. In fact, he said it in his very pithy line. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That what's important to you, you'll invest resources into it. What's important to you, you'll actually prioritize in your calendar. And you know this and I know this because there's certain things that, that I, I could tell you that I spend my time doing. And some of you will be like, why in the world would anybody spend any time doing that? And, and, and then I could show you my bank statement and some of the purchases I've made. And you'd be like, what a colossal waste of money. And it's not necessarily because what I've spent my time on or my money on is not wise. I mean, it could be, but 
Let's suppose it isn't. I mean, you are looking at perfection, obviously. Uh, <laughs> man, I hope... People on the podcast, that was a joke. Um, and I could do the same for you. You could show me your calendar and your bank account and there would be stuff on there that I'd say, I would never do that. I would never spend my time on that. I would never spend my money on that. But that's the point. You and I spend our time and spend our money on the stuff that matters to us. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So if I wanna know what's important to you, I just need to get a copy of your calendar and your bank statement. In fact, Jesus says this, I don't even need to see whether you've, whether you've read your Bible and which verses you've highlighted. Just, just the calendar and just the bank statement. That'll do, I get a pretty clear picture from those two things. And he didn't say this to shame us. He said this so that we would understand that the direction of our money is a sign of our affection. That whatever we're spending our time and our money on, that's obviously the stuff that matters to us. So the question isn't, are we spending our time and our money on what matters to us? The question is actually, have we got the right priority about what God says really matters? And have we made that our priority? And maybe, maybe that causes us to think and act different in some things. So let me back it up. I said this verse, Luke chapter 12, I wanna zip back up to the, to the early part of what Jesus was teaching to this same crowd. And if you've got your Bible app, or even allegedly some of you have a hard copy Bible I discovered a few weeks ago. That was a shock to me, by the way. So well done. And this, I'm gonna drop us into another of the 16 stories that Jesus taught about money and stuff. Backing it up to verse 16. And Jesus told them this parable, them being the audience that was gathered that he was teaching. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, hmm, what shall I do? I have no place to store all these crops. I'm wondering how many of you right now are thinking to yourself, I'd like to have some of these problems. I'd like to have some storage issues. I'd, I'd like to have to, I'd like to have some barn bursting dilemmas. But I wanna put it to you that you potentially have more in common with this guy than you think. I mean, have you ever sold anything on Gumtree or eBay? Have you recently fossicked through the dark recesses of the corners of your kitchen cupboards to discover knickknacks and doodads and appliances and you thought to yourself, I don't remember buying this and I can't remember the last time I used it. Have you ever looked through your closet at, and discovered certain apparel items or footwear items that you are also thinking to yourself, hmm, I don't think I've worn this in years. Have you ever filled one of those ubiquitous plastic crates, the one with the little blue click-up handles, and walked that down to the garage to put it alongside other plastic crates in the garage that are full of stuff that you haven't and don't use. I wanna put it to you that actually you and I, if you've done any of those things, or in some cases, all of those things, that you potentially have more in common with this guy than you think. See, Jesus then said about the, the, the rich man, the rich man 
said to himself, hmm, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I'll store my surplus grains. And I'll say to myself, ha ha, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Winning. But God said to him, uh, <clears throat> you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who shall get what you've prepared for yourself? And then Jesus leans out of the story and focuses on the lesson. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. So I mentioned a moment ago that we live in a culture that's written the script of live, save, give. Maybe, maybe. Live, definitely. Save, give. And yet I would put it to us this morning that Jesus actually would want us to flip the script. That instead of live, save, give, that the big idea, the pattern that Jesus would have his followers do. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, this doesn't apply to you. Like Jesus has no authority over you. You can flip him the bird and carry on just doing it like everyone else does it. But actually Jesus teaches that this is, there's a better way. There's a better way than live, save, give. Flips the script and says, actually, the better way is give, save, live. Because that's what this looks like. Give God and others. Save you. Live you. And, and this, how genius is this? Because if I just showed you the first two, it says give God and others. Some people are like, ah, freaking out. Because like, what, what about me? And, and Jesus says, no, no, no. Two of them are about you. Just, you're, you're, you're still on the list. In fact, you appear on the list more than I do. Just not at the top of the list. And what this is, this becomes, and the angle is, this is intended as a reflection of a shift of priorities. That we would see God and others as being the number one priority. And we start there, and then we move into save, and then we move into live. And this should be a no-brainer. If you believe Jesus tells the truth, One of the things he said is seek first the kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things, all these other things will be given to you as well. This is a key to getting God involved in your finances, where Jesus says, you prioritize his kingdom, and he'll get involved in yours. So, let me stick the landing on this. Give, save, live. Starts with give. In week one, we, we taught about uh, the idea that we would take a percentage of what comes to us, every pay period, for example, and we would give, we would invest that. And that, the, the, that, that a, a, a number of, of 10% is both a goal and a minimum. And so if you're at 0%, putting these things in order of priority, if you're at 0% now with give, because you've maybe been living with the script the other way around, then we just encourage you, start somewhere. Start with 1%. Just take a step. Or maybe in this series, you've actually started moving to this as your script, 
and you've got a percentage that you've been consistently giving, but maybe, maybe this is a time to take another step of faith. So that's between you and God. We don't, we, don't, we don't measure that. We don't report on it. That's very much between you and God. Then save. And this idea we taught the second week, this, this is not how, this is, I think, how most of us want to operate that we would have some margin, that we would build, be building some uh, foundation for the future and for our kids' future. Uh, and yet, too many people spend as much as they earn or in some cases more than they earn. And so savings not even on the list. And then this one, live. Once you've given and once you've saved, the rest is up to you. You, knock yourself out. Newer, go for it. Nicer, sure. Renovate it. Why not? And you won't have the stress of if you put newer, nicer, renovated, bigger, better, shinier, more impressive, nicer than your neighbors, nicer than your cousins, better than your brothers. If that's the priority, then let me tell you, that is a golden ticket to constant financial pressure. Not just financial pressure on your bank account, but financial pressure on the inside that you'll start living with a tumultuous internal world. Yet I can tell you from my own experience, trusting God that this is a pattern that He encourages us to live. And us having taught this here for years and seen people make the switch to living this way, we've seen people time and time and time again be set free when it comes to finances. Set free on the inside, because if you're already given, you're already saved, then, then the living bit, you can spend it all. You can have nothing left for living at the end of the pay period. That's the idea because you've already taken care of the priorities. So there's no stress. It's like, okay. <laughs> and I wanna show you an example of that today. Um, Jared and Rochelle Beanie, they actually recorded this story a few years ago, but it's such a poignant uh, real world example of flipping the script. Uh, I wanted to show that to you this morning. I remember there was a point in time I was, I was having a conversation with a good friend of, of both Rochelle and I um, about mission work and they're very involved in, in the groundwork of, of mission work in getting out there and, and going to the poorest countries and, and helping people on the ground. But this friend, she, she sort of made it very clear to us that, that God doesn't call everyone to do that. And the people that are out there in the field, they, they need people like us behind, financially secure, to be able to support them in the work that they do. That, that's just as important. And we really felt together that that's what God, who God called us to be. The other thing I think as well is that there's no ability to be generous when you have nothing to be generous with. And I've always... Uh, been a generous person. That was probably the way I was raised. Um, my parents worked for a mission organisation and they lived on the donations of other, others. I got to see firsthand how God provides when you trust Him and how God uses people to be generous. And that was how I always wanted to be. But it got to the point where we weren't able to, to do that because we just didn't have the resources. And that was something that was truly heartbreaking for me. We kind of found ourselves in debt just really by not keeping track of what we were doing. Um, we just weren't being careful with, with what we were spending. 
we just thought we were normal. We had all the things that normal people had, a credit card, a car loan, um, all that sort of thing. But um, there was a particular series that came up at Elevate where God really spoke to us. It was a series about money. It was a series about how to handle your finances the way God has laid it out to. So it was kind of at that point where we realised, hang on, maybe, maybe there's a few things we need to change about the way we're going about this. that we really knew we had to do was create a budget and get strict with tracking our spending. So of the two of us, uh, we both have our gifts and strengths and Jared's strength is definitely more on the side of finances and that kind of thing. So we decided together that he would be the one to put the budgets together, come to me to discuss whether or not I thought that they would work um, and that then he would track all of our spend expenditure in this fantastic budgeting app called Good Budget. Good budget. So it's a really easy way to track what we're spending as we're spending it. It was still really a, a partnership the way we went about it. Together we still um, agreed on what to or, or not to spend the money on. It was important for us to continue giving 10% because I believe that it's really important to honour God with our first and best. And if you're not doing that, he really doesn't have the ability to work through the remaining 90%. It's how do you trust God with your finances? Do you want to try and do it all yourself or do you want to trust that we have a God of amazing provision? We saw God work through our commitment to getting out of debt um, a number of times along the way. There were, there were a lot of small wins along the way and, and I think that was part of, of following this process um, called the debt snowball. Um, the way that's laid out is, is exactly designed for that, for having these small little wins along the way, for keeping you motivated. God actually also blessed us throughout the process and he actually enabled us to pay off debt quicker than we expected through these blessings that he provided to us. In that time frame as well, we were also able to buy a new house in the suburb that we would had always been dreaming about living in. Though it might sound like that's just getting more stuff, it actually, what it is for us is that it's allowed us to have a home and a place to invite people um, so that we can create relationships and friendships by sharing this beautiful place that we now live. So now that we've we've finished this journey of, of getting rid of this, this debt that we had, um, there's just so much blessing that God's opened up and, and really one of the big ones for me is just the amount of stress level that is not there anymore. Um, there's a lot less stress. We used to have a couple of brand new cars, you know, really nice flash cars, but they're gone now. And, and what we're driving is a 10 year old little, you know, little Hyundai. There's just no stress. It's a joy to drive this thing. I Plus love this little manual. car. And it's a manual, so it's good fun, like a rally car. <laughs> Our friends who we were discussing earlier um, are now working for a international organisation called Wipe Every Tear. They work freeing women who are victims of the sex trade in the Philippines and we're able to support them month to month in their work, which is so incredible. And the stories that come out and the lives that have changed from that are just amazing. We have the flexibility to be able to say, OK, we're going to give something toward that um, because we really feel as though we should. We feel that it's something that God wants us to give to. We've got a nice overseas holiday planned. Um, it's our 10-year wedding anniversary that we're celebrating, but we're also using that as, as a bit of a celebration of, of having completed this journey, of having paid this debt off, um, to be able to really you know, just keep going forward for God. And we're just really excited to be able to see what he has in store for us in the future. About, um, about a month ago, I got a, a text from uh, Jared and Rochelle with a photo. Uh, they just purchased a, a new uh, 
baby car, a soccer mom car. Uh, and, uh, and they text me and say, we walked into John Hughes and we bought this for cash. And it's the first time they'd ever bought a car for cash. And they just wanted me to know that, that that was a part of the journey that they went on because years ago they flipped the script and that's just continues to positively impact uh, how you know, their financial world plays out. So um, I wanna pray for you. This is one of those series that it's like, uh, what am I supposed to do next? It's like, it's so pragmatic. It's not all the feels, it's so pragmatic. And I hope through these three weeks that some of you, that, that you've actually kind of got a bit of clarity about what it is you're meant to do. I remember the, the first week, uh, Reese, who, who does our Elevate group notes in our app uh, for, for our series, first week, he texts me, he goes, um, uh, I don't think I got it right. It, it was like the notes, they were like, they were like a bit dry. And I, I reviewed them and I said, no, I think the word you're looking for is practical. They're a bit practical. And um, they require us to consider what, if any, but you know, what actual practical steps we might need to take to actually do things differently. And uh, like you know, Jared said, like they just thought they were normal. Debt was normal, new cars, normal. It's like, not, that's not necessarily God's best. It might be common, but it's not necessarily God's best. So I wanna pray for you um, that you will have the courage to do what it is that God's put it on your heart to do through this series. And I trust that he's put stuff on your heart. And it's not my job to tell you what to do. It's to teach from God's word and trust that he's working in you. So let me pray. God, I thank you that you continue to recalibrate us to you as our true north in every area of our life, including money and stuff. That God, we would be people that, that live differently, maybe from the culture that we're in because we trust you and we take you at your word, that when you teach your best way, and we try it, that we do get to ultimately experience the freedom and the blessings that are on the other side of that obedience. So God, I thank you for more stories to come from, like Jared and, and Rachel's story, more stories to come of financial freedom. And we've already seen more stories like that, but that we'll continue to see that. And that we as ourselves as Jesus followers, would actually be a positive influence on those in our sphere, some of whom, no doubt, are currently feeling financial stress and pressure both on the inside and on the outside, and that we can be a light on a stand, a city on a hill for them. In Jesus' name. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.